is a funny word, one that we don't use very often, and that most of us have the wrong idea about. Here's Pastor David to help us figure it all out. I want you to think about the ground below your feet. The ground below your feet. It's pretty solid, right? We've got this uh, lovely flooring um, plus our sheets of woods, be, woods, wood beneath that. And then beneath that wood, there's this like two by four structure that's built into the frame of this whole building that's on a foundation that's holding us up. Uh, and, and when you walk, say like on the sidewalk or on the street, you got that concrete, you know, thick, solid concrete or asphalt, right? That's, that's holding you up as you walk. If you've ever fallen off your bike or tripped, uh, you know that the ground is hard. It's solid, right? It's not going anywhere. It, it can hold you up. If you're walking in a field, you can see that field, that dirt is all compacted. It's holding trees up. It's strong. You are not generally worried about falling through the ground. You depend on the ground, right? You don't even think about it. In fact, you probably think it's a little weird that I'm even mentioning it, that the ground is hard. Yes, David, the ground is hard. Good. I'm glad I came to church today uh, to learn that. If you were in a conversation with somebody and they started telling you, hey, listen, you can't trust the ground. It's not strong enough to hold you. You're probably going to say something like, oh, okay, buddy. Yeah. You need to maybe watch a few less YouTube videos, right? Um, that is something you simply would not believe because you have confidence in the ground. You depend on it, right? You have faith in the ground. But actually, your friend's sort of right because technically, sinkholes are a real thing and they can just open up and swallow. They could just open up and swallow this whole building right now. It's happened before. It can happen. That's um, pretty crazy when you could be walking down the street and a sinkhole could open up and you could fall through or your friend could, oh, there goes grandma down the hole. That could happen, right? But the chances of that happening are so low, are so low that you trust the ground. You don't have a problem trusting the ground, right? We depend on it, and we're right to do so. Because 99.99999% of the time, the ground holds us up. It holds us up. We have faith in the ground. We trust the ground. And because of that, we are not easily made afraid. We're not easily made afraid that the ground is all of a sudden going to fail us. It's not going to all of a sudden fail us. We walk with confidence, right? When you walk down the street, you walk with confidence. You move with confidence. God is more dependable than the ground, right? God is more dependable than the ground. We talk about God as our rock, the rock of our salvation. And he's even more solid than a rock. But we walk on the ground confidently, like, there's, like we're not worried that all this is going to fall down, as where we live our lives sometimes as if God was more like walking on ice, right? Like you're testing each step. Right, making sure that, that the thing's not going to break. I don't know how many of you have walked on ice. We've got some Michigan people here. You all probably walked on ice, right? Um, it's, it's not trustworthy. It could break. You could fall through. Right? We don't show the same kind of confidence in God that we show in the ground sometimes. And it shows in our lives. It shows in our lives. We often live and think and worry as though trusting God is like walking on ice. That's how we often live. When there are more bills than money 
at the end of the month, do we walk confidently, trusting that God is going to provide for our needs, believing that he's going to take care of us, or do we walk like we're walking on ice? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to me? When someone challenges our ideas, right, they, they come at us with some different idea. Are we confident and calm, or do we fight and argue and bluster because we don't maybe really have the confidence that we need to have. We've been going through a series called Right Side Up. Right Side Up, and it's about the Sermon on the Mount, which you can find in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. And it's a sermon, this amazing sermon that Jesus gave with so many of his teachings. So if you'll turn your Bibles, if you have them, to Matthew chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 5. I'm going to find it also. Okay, Matthew 5, 5, it says this. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Hmm. The meek are blessed. Who, who are the meek? Meek is a weird word. I'm just going to tell you. It's just kind of a weird Even if you say it, meek, meek, it's just kind of a weird word, okay? I don't use it a lot. I feel like calling someone meek would be an insult. Hey, Mr. Meek. Right? It doesn't, it sounds, I don't know if it's because in English it rhymes with the word weak or, or why, but somehow the word meek has taken on this connotation of weak. When I was a kid, I always, when I heard the word meek, I always thought weak, right? Weak, a wussy, right? A fearful person, a pushover. I did not want to be meek. It was not a word that I would have associated with a strong woman or a strong man, meekness. But yet here we're told, blessed are the meek. Right? It's like the wussies will inherit the earth. And I'm thinking, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And by God's grace, that's not what meekness means. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about pushovers or weak people. In fact, uh, meekness is almost the exact opposite of that. Meekness is a very different thing than that. I don't know if you guys remember back in the day in the 80s, uh, a guy named Andre the Giant. This, yes, everybody loves Andre the Giant. I talk about Jesus, nothing, Andre the Giant, everybody's excited. Okay, fine. <laughs> Andre the Giant was this big, humongous, hugongous, ginormous guy, right? Just huge. His hands were like, you know, he'd put them on people's face and it'd be like cover their whole head. He was huge. He was this professional wrestler, um, which is fake, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Um, <laughs> he was also in the movie Princess Bride. Yes. Yes. Once again, okay. <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? Um, that guy. Okay? The humongous guy. And he could basically crush a normal man or woman very easily, just because he was so huge. Yet, outside of sort of the wrestling ring and all that, he actually seemed like this very gentle, very chill type of guy. You've heard the term probably before, gentle giant. Gentle giant. The idea of someone that has all this power. That's, that's huge and strong and powerful, and yet does not use their power even though they could. They're gentle. They choose to be gentle. They don't use that power. That's getting close to the idea of meekness. This is what C.S. Lewis says about meekness. He's talking about a knight, a meek knight back in the day. He says this, the knight is a man of blood and iron. A man familiar with the sight of smashed faces and the ragged stumps of lopped off limbs. Welcome to church. 
He is also a demure, almost a maiden-like guest in a hall, a gentle, modest, unobtrusive man. He is not a compromise or a happy mean between ferocity and meekness. He is fierce to the nth and meek to the nth. Jesus is meek. He's a model. He's our model of meekness. He is the God, the creator of everything. Everything. The stars, the galaxies, you, me, trees, the whole thing. He did all of that, right? He has all the power. And yet he humbled himself to become a human being, to become a man. That is meekness. When you have all the power and you're willing to lay it aside for somebody else. Okay? He had complete power, but he allowed himself to be killed on a cross. He put his love for you and for me, for us, above his own needs. He put his rights as the holy God of the universe aside for you and for me. That is meekness. That is meekness. There is nothing weak or fearful or pushover or wussy about meekness. Nothing. God calls us to be meek. He says we're blessed if we are meek. But once again, this is totally upside down. And why is it upside down? Because here's the thing. The world does not like the idea of foregoing rights or power. If you got power or you got rights, you're going to use your power or you're going to exercise those rights. We're obsessed with our rights, right? You hear anybody talk, you know, about issues today or politics or anything else, it's rights. This is my right. We have these rights and this is this right and that right and this right. We're obsessed with it. We're all about rights. The idea of putting rights aside is not something that we value. Powerful people like to show you that they're powerful, right? They want you to know that they're powerful. They're going to use their power. Big corporations are using their power, right? They're rarely putting their power aside so that other people can benefit. That is the way of the world. Jesus' way is meekness, which is upside down. The idea that you would have tons of power and tons of rights and that you would be willing to put those aside for the benefit of others. A totally different thing. A meek person is not obsessed with her rights. She's not obsessed with her power. She's not obsessed with what she can do or what she's allowed to do. She's obsessed with her relationship with God and her care for others. The meek person puts God first and others above himself or herself. If you are truly humble, you, you know that word, if you are truly humble, you'll probably be meek. I have a cat and two dogs, okay? Cat and two dogs. My cat is not meek. My cat is not humble. She thinks she owns the place. She thinks that we basically exist to serve her. That's her mindset on life. We're there for her benefit, right? She thinks she's so smart and above us and better than us, but she's not so smart that she doesn't know you can't catch the end of a laser light. Yeah, she hasn't figured that one out yet. The dogs, they look at me like, you're holding that in your hand. I'm not going to chase that. The cat's like, mm -hmm, all over the place. It's really fun to watch. She's an idiot, right? But she thinks, she's very arrogant. She's very arrogant, but very cuddly. But my dogs, they're just happy to be here. 
right? Everything's just good. They're just good. They're just having you. They're like, what's going on? I like you. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that something to chew? Is that a squirrel? I like you. That's how they are. They're totally like that all the time, right? Um, do you know anybody like that? Anyone who's just happy to be here? We have this friend in Tennessee, and Abby, she's just happy to be here. I mean, she really is. It's like people want to do so whatever people want to do, like, hey, we want to go do this, we want to do that. She's like, cool, let's go do that. It's never like, oh, I don't want to do that. She's like, whatever people want to do, whatever's going on, I'm just happy to be here. She's just kind and gentle and sweet to basically everybody, maybe not her siblings, but to basically everybody else. She's very sweet and kind. That is a heart attitude, right? That is a heart attitude. That's part of meekness, putting other people first, putting other people above yourself. When you have a right, you have a right to say, well, I don't want to do that or I want to do this, but you put that aside because other people could be benefited by you doing that. That's part of meekness. It's a hard attitude that says, I'm not better than other people. I'm not a cat, right? I'm a dog. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy that God loves me enough to be here. I'm just happy that I get to be around these other people. I'm just happy that I get to live this life. That's part of meekness. And it's ultimately a hard attitude that says, I'll give up my power. I'll give up my rights. I don't, I don't need to exercise all of that because I'm humble. Know who I am as to God. Know who I am as to other people. And I'm good with that. I'm relaxed in that. I'm comfortable with that. That's part of meekness. But the most significant, the most essential part of meekness is a trust in God that is greater than the trust that you even have in the ground. None of you are sitting here fretting that a sinkhole is going to open up and the building is going to fall into it, right? You're not even thinking about that because you trust the ground so much. Meekness is a trust for God. Yeah, you might be thinking about it now. Oh, not working. We're fine. Um, trust for God more than that. Trust for God more than that is essential to meekness. Trusting God's power and his promises. The meek person believes that God is who he says he is. The meek person believes that God is doing and will do his will. And the meek person believes that God's will is good. All of those things. All of those things. Believes in God, believes that God is who he says he is, that he is doing and will do and will accomplish his will, and that his will is good. A meek person has that in their heart as just a rock that they depend on. If you believe those things, even more than you believe that the ground will hold you up, your life will look a certain way, right? If, you're, if you believe that and you truly know that and you walk in that, your life is going to look a certain way because you're going to live in the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and you're going to understand that pain or difficulty or even your own death or the death of a loved one will be worked out for good because God's will will be done. God's will will be done. Having that kind of confidence Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good. We know that all things work together for good. We know, we know to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Not just we believe, we know that that's going to happen. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Now, I've repeated it a lot of times because it's incredibly important. It's incredibly important. Meekness comes from knowing that. 
from knowing that because you believe that. You believe it. And if you believe it and you know it, you simply just can't be moved. You can't be moved. You will be strong. If you have faith in God, then you trust God, right? And, and you know that God has the power and has the power to do the work and that he does the work. It's not dependent on you, that your power is in him. All of those things. What would our lives look like if we believed that? How would we live if we knew that? If we knew that? I could probably preach hundreds of sermons on the implications of what our lives would look like if we truly walked in the belief and knowledge that God's who he says he is, that he is doing and will do his will, and that his will is good. If you just believe that, if that was just the center of your being, what your life would look like, we could talk and talk and talk about that. Let's think about some things that would be different for you. That would be different for you if you believed that thing. Let's start kind of with the big picture. If you're overly worried and anxious about the state of the world, you are not understanding what God has promised. You are not understanding what God has promised and that he is doing his will and that his will will be done. Okay? If you're watching the news, you're probably hearing that violence is increasing, that immorality is increasing, that the number of people claiming to be Christ followers, Christians, is decreasing. You probably hear all this stuff. If hearing that causes you worry and fear, you are not believing Romans 8, 28. You're not believing it. You're not knowing it. You're not being meek because you're not trusting in the power of God to do his will and to fulfill his promises. It's kind of a big picture thing. Because I see a lot of people walking around with a lot of fears. What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And of course, that's what politicians do, right? And news people do and whatever. They live on making you afraid. This horrible thing is going to happen. You know, and then it's running across the bottom of the screen. This horrible thing just happened and another horrible thing just happened. <laughs> right? That's news. Right? They want to make you afraid. If they make you afraid, you are not trusting in God and his power to do his will. You are not trusting in God and his power to do his will. If you're fretting over politics, if you're overly afraid of what's happening in the world of government and courts and what's the Supreme Court going to do and legislatures and, and all of that, you're not being meek if you fear those things. Let me be clear about something. I'm not saying you can't be sad. You should be sad that the world is where it is. I'm not even saying you can't have some righteous anger as long as you don't sin in that anger. I'm not saying you should have no emotions. I'm saying the, that what you should not have is fear and doubt and anxiousness because those things come from not believing that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Meekness and fear cannot go together. The meek are not afraid. The meek are not afraid. They're powerful in Christ. The meek are powerful in Christ. I'm not saying that there's not going to be some pain, that you're so powerful that there's not going to be some pain. We live in a broken world, in a fallen world. There's going to be some pain. But what are you afraid of? That God's not on his throne anymore? That he's not powerful enough to fulfill every single promise that he's ever given? Do you not believe that he can do that? If you don't believe that he can do that, that's the thing you should be working on the most right now believing that he can and believing that he will. It really does boil down to trust, doesn't it? 
Can you really trust God or not? Truth is, you absolutely can. And if you have questions or need help figuring all this out, call us at 360-885-9000 or use email info at axchurchnw.org. We'd love to help you find the peace and confidence of a life built on the solid rock of Christ. Again, that number is 360-885-9000. Thanks for listening, and be sure and join us for our next episode with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.